0: Hey, glory, 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 glory! As we're turning in our Bibles to Revelation chapter three, we're gonna, amen. We're gonna pray uh, for brother and sister Seward. they're uh, headed homebound. Uh, pray that God would make a way for them to to get where they're going. And uh, also, the uh, last night we met a lady, and uh, she told us that her sister Megan was in a car wreck, and uh, she's in a coma right now, and, and they said everything should be fine. She just needs to wake up. And uh, so we're going to go, Lord. We're going to pray for these here, um, and so let's just do that right now. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Pray right now. You're a healer. You're a deliverer. But Lord, you're also a way maker. We pray for the Word family, God, that you'd get them there safely, that you'd touch them, that you'd protect them. Lord, we pray right now for Megan. She's in a hospital. She doesn't know you, God, but we're praying that you would wake her up, God. Speak to her while she's on that hospital bed, God. And we're praying that you would use us to the furthering of your kingdom. Amen. Let them know that you're a healer. You're a deliverer, God. Hallelujah. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. I want to say a big warm welcome to all of our visitors in the house of God here today. We're so thankful that you joined us. Amen. See quite a few. Amen. Excited that Brother Joel is going to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Amen. God's been working in his life over the last several months, and and I'm telling you I'm excited about what God has for you. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 1. Bible says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things saith he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that thou hast to name, that thou livest and art dead. In other words, it's possible to have a reputation of being alive and dead at the same time. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. He said, you got a name, you got a reputation. You're alive and you're dead. But this was his recommendation. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the revival of remains. The revival of remains. Would you set your Bible down? Let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, we glorify you. God, I know there's somebody in this house that needs this word here today. God, I'm praying that you would speak to them. Hallelujah, Lord, that you would restore, that you would rebuild, that you would revive, that you would strengthen, God. And we're giving the praise and the glory, God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody pray all across this building. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give him a hand clap of praise one more time. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand and greet them, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. The revival of remains. Roland Ruse is an artist from Slovakia. In 2008, he was invited with a group of artists to an old rundown hotel. The Hotel Kiev uh, is a giant concrete structure that reminds a lot of people of harder times that they endured during the last uh, harsh military regime. Because of this, many people wanted the hotel torn down even though it was still functioning. So the city decided to ask 10 artists, including Roland, to come and to discuss what they should do with the building. And although in the end, The community still wanted the hotel torn down. It was this invitation that gave Roland a new perspective on the importance of well-maintained public spaces on a community's self-image. So while he was in Bratislava, he came across a piece of concrete that was torn up in the middle of a walkway. And instead of walking past it like he normally would, he put up a caution tape barrier to keep people from tripping over it later that day he found and fixed a broken door there was something satisfying to roland about seeing something wrong in the community and making it just a little bit better roland is an artist he's not a mechanic or a repair man but he decided to embark on a new art project that he called free repair i just had a feeling he explained that i could start repairing some broken things without asking people for permission and then when i got back home i kind of developed an eye for broken things i just started seeing broken things all over he fixed a hundred things this way street signs and lights and benches playground equipment and discarded furniture he looked for things that were wholly neglected he said if something's broken and nobody cares about it that's the kind of stuff that really interests me and what bothers me now is when people walk around and see a little thing broken but nobody feels responsible for it roland would figure out what he needed to do the repair a wooden part here a plastic sign there paint of a precise color and he would come back with the tools to do the repair or if it was a small enough item he would take it back to his workshop the goal of free repair wasn't solely to fix individual broken things roland wanted to start a movement. Roland wanted people to start seeing that anybody can take the responsibility for broken things in our midst. Roland wanted people to start asking themselves a few questions. Why is it that we choose to live with broken things? And Why is it that we don't choose to repair things when they break? We are living in a culture and in a society and in a generation That is full of broken and fragmented things. I'm not just talking about old couches and benches and playground equipment, but can I tell you, we're living in a society that's full of broken relationships. Hey, I live in the real world here today. We're living in a society that is full of broken marriages, broken people, broken families broken government systems and broken finances. Can I preach that we're living not in a utopia, but we are living in the real world where people have struggles and people have problems and people have issues and they've got a ding here and a dent there and a broken part here and a broken part there. We're living in the real world. But can I say if that's not bad enough, We're living in what I would consider to be the paper plate society. In other words, it's a plastic bottle. It is a disposable generation where everything is only as much value as what it contains. This water bottle here holds the value of $2 as long as there's water in it. And we're living in a society that says, once I've taken the value out of this item, I can crumple it up I can discard it. I can throw it away. And it no longer matters. We're living in a society that would rather throw something away than try to take some time to reuse it, to rebuild it, to rework it, to use it again. That's why we're living in a culture where the divorce rate is well over 50%, because some people just have the feeling that if the marriage is getting a little rocky and things are getting a little tough and it starts to feel a little broken, that you don't fix the relationship, you just throw it away. I'm not judging anybody here today, but this is an epidemic in our society that simply says it's broke, we don't fix it, we just throw it away and grab a new relationship. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and preach today anyways. Can I just tell somebody that's not the will of God. If something's broken, you don't toss it out. You fix it. If something's busted, you don't throw it away. You say, God, help me to use it. We're living in a society that believes in it. And again, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just saying what it is. Believes in abortion. New York just passed. You can have full-term abortion. I know that there's some people jump on the bandwagon and, and attack everything without reading all the facts. But, but regardless of all of the facts, it's still been legalized. Well, it's just in certain circumstances. No, it doesn't matter. It's been legalized. And, and so what are they doing? And again, I'm not here to judge anybody, but what are they saying? They're saying that, that you don't want kids. You don't want to have that burden. You don't want to have that issue. It's just going to cause you problems, and, and it doesn't provide value. And so you should just get rid of it. In other words, we're living in a society that believes that you discard the young. And we're not too far off of, of a generation that will believe in euthanasia. And euthanasia is the discarding of the elderly. Uh, hallelujah. They, they, as soon as you're done paying into the system, the system says, why don't we just get you off earth? <laughs> soon as you now are taking and no longer giving, they want to discard you. That's what our culture is like. That's what this society is like. It says it doesn't have value, throw it away. It no longer has a purpose, get rid of it. It's just going to be a hassle. We don't need it. And it begins to discard and throw away everything that looks broken. But can I preach to somebody? Just because that's the way the generation is, and the society is, and the culture is, and this generation thinks that way doesn't mean that's how God's church is. Oh, come on, somebody. Just because the society says you no longer have a value doesn't mean that God's kingdom feels that way. God's kingdom has never said throw it away, discard, get rid of it. No, God's kingdom says come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and all that are burdened, and I'll give you rest. God's kingdom says you can come right here to the feet of Jesus and find help in time of trouble. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. I know that your mother and father might have forsaken you, but the Bible says the Lord will take you up. Your mother and father might have said you don't have a purpose. You're useless. You're worthless. You're stupid. But you can throw that tag off because there's a God that says, I can use you. I'll find you. Come unto me. God's kingdom's looking. You don't have to look very far in your Bible to find that God goes looking for the broken. God lo- goes looking for the fragmented and the busted. The Bible says that Adam and Eve sin did exactly what God told them not to do. And most people would come by and say, God's got a lightning bolt, and he's looking to destroy, and he's looking to kill. But the truth is, God looked and said, where art thou, Adam? And you know why he said, where art thou, Adam? He already knew what he did. He didn't say, what have you done? He didn't say, where have you been? Who were you with? Why did you do what I said not to do? Uh, he said, Adam, I want you to I want you to reveal yourself and come to me. Because as soon as you get to me, I've not got a lightning bolt in my hand. I'm not looking to judge you. I've got, I've got an animal that's sacrificed. i got blood for you. I've got mercy for you. I've got a covering for you. You might be naked. You might be ashamed. You might have messed up but I got mercy for you can I preach about our God he's looking for everybody that's messed up he's looking for everybody that's busted he's looking for everybody that's fragmented and he says I can fix you I can work on you I still got a plan for you lift up your hands and let's magnify Jesus come on let's pray Let's pray that there's somebody here today that you feel like you just too busted. You're too fragmented. You just made too many mistakes. And God doesn't love you. But I've come to let you know that's not the God we serve. The God we serve doesn't discard anybody. He uses everything. You might remember in the New Testament, Jesus performs a miracle with fish and loaves. He takes those fish and loaves, and he breaks them, and he blesses them, and he multiplies them. And he feeds 5,000, not including women and children. And as he feeds all of these people, you think, well, we've done our job. Everybody's full. And he said, let's go home. But Jesus says to the 12 disciples, he said, you go and gather up all the fragments that nothing be lost. In other words, he's still looking for the fragmented. He's still looking for those that remain. He's still looking for those. i I, I got to tell somebody a couple things. Number one, the Bible says they came back 12 baskets full. He sent out 12 disciples, and every disciple came back with a basket that was full of fragmented and busted bread. Can I preach to Apostolic Revival Center for a moment? That word basket is the same word that says they let Paul down through a basket. In other words, these weren't little offering plates. He said, you get those baskets because there's a lot of fragments out here. There's a lot of busted people. And I can preach to the church that when we go out into this city, we got to take our basket with us when we go to walmart get your basket with you and say lord help me to find somebody that's busted when you go to the grocery store when you go to the mall when you go to the coffee shop help me to find the fragmented i gotta feel the weight of this i gotta feel the burden of this i gotta put it on my shoulders and help somebody oh lift up your hands and let's pray come on let's pray Apostolic Revival Center, if there's one thing the church has got to do in this hour, and this, this time, uh, we got to get our basket in our hand. Uh, we got to put our cars in gear uh, and say, Lord, fill it up uh, with a sinner. Fill it up with a fragmented, uh, Fill it up with a busted and the broken. Let me take it another step further. He said, gather up all the fragments that nothing be lost. Everybody's got a part of bread they don't like. Some don't like the crust. Some don't like the inside. I don't know if it was all bread. It might have been tortillas. Hey, hallelujah. It it, it might have been pita bread. I don't know exactly what it was. All I know is everybody's got some bread they don't like because they got preferences and they got prejudices. But he said, I don't care what you feel about the bread. It could be the bread you don't like. Let me tell you about God's church. It's for every language, every tribe, every tongue, every color. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what kind of bread you are. You're welcome in God's church. I don't care what your background is. You're welcome in God's church well jesus we just want whole bread we just want people that got everything figured out no there was some bread that been chewed up and spit out and thrown on the ground and jesus said you pick it up can i preach to the church they might be busted but she can come into this you might be hurting but you can come into this you can come into the church oh somebody praise him Somebody praise him. God's looking. God's looking. God's looking. Where are they busted? Where are they fragmented? Who's hurting? I want him in the church. Oh, lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. The church isn't for perfect people. It's for imperfect people. It's for people that want to serve and worship a, a perfect God. He's the one that can put you back together. He's the one that can use you still. remember, it was in the Old Testament, we preached about it a couple weeks ago in the book of Nehemiah, it was just a cupbearer, got a burden for his city. He said, "I, I want to go back and rebuild the wall. And the Bible says, the king gave a stamp of approval on it and said, I'll pay for it and I preach to everybody. Hey, listen, I'm I'm telling you, we're going to have our vision giving service next week. We've already been praying. We've already been ready. We know what we want to give, and we're going to say, God, if you enable us to give more, we'll give more. I believe in all that. God, you go ahead and bless us because it takes everybody's involvement. But can I tell you, when we have revival, and I'm talking about when we go after the busted and the fragmented, the king comes by and says, wait, you're looking to rebuild? Wait, you're looking to do something for my kingdom, to help my kingdom? That king comes by with a stamp of approval and says apostolic revival center i'll flip the bill i'll bless your family i'll bless your life because you're not looking to build a club you're not looking to build something that's just for the elitist no you're looking for something that you can give to the busted you're looking to build something that's for everybody oh somebody praise him somebody praise him Comes by and says, I'm looking to rebuild. And the king says, I'll pay for it. That ought to make somebody shout. Well, God, we're struggling right now. We don't know what's going on. Go win a soul. Go find somebody that's busted. Go find somebody that's just down and out. Encourage them. Bring them to church. Pray for them. And watch God say, that's somebody I can bless. That's somebody I can use. That's somebody I can anoint. Hallelujah. He goes by and says, I'm going to do this. And immediately, listen. You try to build the kingdom of God, and the devil always shows up. And he shows up and begins to mock everything they're trying to do. And what, you know what he says? He says, will these feeble Jews, or do these feeble Jews, think they're going to revive the stones? In other words, weak-minded. I'm telling you, the, the devil's view of the church is very, very, very small. And, and, and the world sometimes looks at the church and says, well, that's a feeble attempt i never forget before I got got saved, I I looked at people that went to church and I thought they were weak-minded. I thought living for God or going to church was for weak people. People that needed a crutch. They just needed to get through the week and they decided religion would be their crutch. And they thought Jesus would be their crutch. And then I got saved and I realized I don't need Jesus in my crutch. I need him as a wheelchair. I need him. I don't just need a crutch. I need him everywhere. I need him for everything. But... They were coming by and saying to the one man that was saying, I gotta rebuild, and it looks real bad right now. He was trying to discourage him, saying it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. Do you really think you're gonna revive the stones? Do you think you're gonna take that stone that was once on a wall providing protection? At one point was living for God. Can I preach to somebody that maybe ain't living the way that you know you should? Do you really think you're gonna take that and put it back on the wall? You think God wants to use that? Do you know how dirty it is? You know how chipped up it is? You know it fell a really long way and made a really big mess and made a really big mistake. There's all sorts of stuff on it. I'm preaching to somebody. There's all sorts of mistakes and issues and Problems. Do you really think God wants to see that back up on the wall? And Nehemiah says, Actually, yes. Can I preach to somebody? Don't ever judge when somebody falls because God's looking to pick them back up. Hey, as an apostolic church we don't laugh When people make mistakes We hit our knees and we pray for them Because we know we serve a God that restores Even people that make mistakes Can be restored Even people that fail can be restored Even people that have not done right Can get put back up on That wall You know why? Because if God ever saw it fit to hew you out of the world To chisel you out take you out of the quarry, and put you up in the church. If God ever saw it fit for you to be up on that wall, if God ever saw it fit to pull you from your drunken stupor and say, I'm going to put you in the kingdom of God, and you fell down, and you made a mistake, and you know you didn't do right, and you know others might be judging you, if God ever saw it fit to pull you out once, I can tell you right now, God's looking to pick you back up. There's a God that says, I restore, I rebuild, I fix, I elevate, I lift. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. There's some folks you've fallen and you can't get up and you feel like you've been so busted and so dirty and all these things that, no, God could never go down this low. I want to tell you, he'll go down further than you can go. He'll reach lower than you can go. He's an infinity God, an eternal God that came down on the size of an infant. I'll tell you how low he'll stoop down. He'll become a human and he'll die for you. Oh, somebody praise him. the world if you pull up Mark 13 and 1 you really think you you're going to rebuild the, the wall with those stones you really think God wants to see those things you know how messed up they are you know, you know how dirty brother so and so has fallen down sister so and so hey don't do the devil's dirty work He's the accuser of the brethren. Nobody in the church ought to be doing that work. Your job and my job is to pray for them. The Bible says, ye who are spiritual, strengthen such an one in the spirit of meekness. You know where true spirituality lies? Not in tearing things down, but in building things up. True spirituality is when you can see a brother overtaken in a fault. You consider yourself also, but you say, bro, you might have messed up, but though you fall, you shall arise. And a righteous man might fall seven times, but he'll get up eight times, nine times, ten times. You can't keep a good man down. You can't keep a good saint of God down. They might have fallen, but God elevates. thought what a waste and the devil's been speaking in some of your ears all week you're attempting to do your best to get back to get back up. You've been knocked down, almost knocked out and you don't know if you got the strength or the energy or the ability and you just want to stay there because it's a lot more comfortable. It's a lot easier to just stay in your dysfunction and to stay in your mistakes and to stay in shame and guilt and issues and to lie there and die there. But all of a sudden God comes by and His Spirit's moving today and He's saying I want to elevate you. I want to pull you up. I want to pick you up. Don't listen to the devil it's not a waste of time to rebuild it's not a waste of time to revive it's not a waste of time to work you fast forward a few thousand years and as Jesus went out of the temple one of his disciples saith unto him master look how beautifully dressed everybody is oh master I love the music here oh master the sacrifices have been so wonderful Oh wow, I'm just telling you that there's nothing like there's nothing like the smell of Jerusalem on a worship service. (laughs) No, no, no. They looked out and they said, Oh, oh master, see what manner of stones and buildings are here. Wait, wait, hold on. You mean the very thing that Sam Sanballat and Tobias were mocking? The very thing the enemy came by and said, it's a waste of your time. The very thing that the enemy, the devil, will come by and say, it's not worth your energy. It's not worth your time. It's too fallen. It's too broken. It's too busted. It's never going to become anything. It's never going to amount to anything. I'm preaching to somebody. And he says, don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time. You just go ahead and lie down and die. I'll tell you, you just got to fast forward a few months, a few weeks, a few altar calls, and some Somebody will come by your life and they'll say, oh, how beautiful are the things which God restores. Oh, how wonderful are the stones of this place. Oh, how beautiful are all the people that God elevates, those people that God restores. Why don't you stand across the building and lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, somebody needs to pray right now. Come on, you're one altar call away from, oh, Master, how wonderful. Oh, Master, how beautiful. There's some folks that are going to look at your life and say, it must always been this good. You must always look this nice. Can I preach to somebody? It's not always been this way. There will be people, and I already have it. I have some people look at my life and say, man, you have it all together man, every, you, know, you, got a, you got a great wife. Man, things are going great. Man, your life must have just been perfect. And you know what? I, I don't correct people. I said, yeah, life's been pretty awesome. God's been good. And you know what? Some people think I had a white picket fence and a dog named Scruffy. And everything's You know what? That's, that's what the grace of God will do in your life. People won't know that you used to be homeless. People won't know you used to step over beer bottles and passed out parents on your way to church. People won't know the struggles you came from and the issues you came from. And they'll just look at your life and say, wow, it must have always been this great. And you know what you got to do? you got to say, you know what? We serve a good God. We serve a God that rebuilds. We serve a God that restores. We serve a God that repairs. And in our text... He's got a church that's got some problems. They're busted. They've fallen. They've made mistakes. He goes, you got a reputation. Because it's possible to be alive and dead at the same time. At, alive at church on Sunday. Hey, pastor. And on Monday, you're just cussing your wife out. It's, it's possible to one day be, oh, I'm doing great. I'm energized. I'm ready. I'm going to serve God. And the very next day, the devil's whispering in your ear. He said, you got a reputation, you're alive and you're dead, but let me give you the remedy. Don't focus on what's dead in your life. Don't focus on all the things that are gone and the things you lost. You know, a lot of people in church, you know what they want, elder? They want resurrection power. Oh, man, if I just, if that relationship got resurrected, everything would be fine. There's some things you don't want God to resurrect. Not everything in God's resurrection. Not everything in God is saying, I'm going I'm to go ahead and I'm going to raise up all those things you lost over the last 20 years. But Sometimes God says, you know what, don't worry about what's gone. You spend your time with dead things, you'll die. You spend your time with all your mistakes and all your failures, the things that have already died. You've already made the mistake. You've already gone there. You were already with that person. You've already done that. It's dead. Let it die. He said, I want you to focus on what remains. He said, you take what remains and you revive it said, you take what remains and you strengthen it. Can I preach to somebody? You might have come in this house and there's a lot of areas of your life that have died. You have some things in your past. They're dead. They're going to stay dead. And you're asking God to resurrect them. But you got some areas that because you're so focused on what's dead, these areas have been neglected. And they're dying. And they're going down. And they're weakened. And God says, stop focusing on this. But find what remains made and strengthen it. There's people that took the last ounce of faith to get to church today. It took your last ounce of faith to come to the house of God, but you came to the right place. It is in the house of God where you can say, Lord, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can go through. I'm struggling, and there's things that have died around me, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I came with this little bit of faith, and I got some fish and loaves, and it's not much, but God, I'm going to place it in your hands. And you came to church, and he says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. And when you give it to God, he begins to rebuild. He begins to restore. Oh, but God... I wasted so many years of my life. I'm too old to serve God. I made too many mistakes to serve God. Don't worry about all the years that are gone. Make it up in your mind. I don't know how many years I got left, but with the years I got left, I'm going to put it in the hand of God. With the time I got left, I'm going to put it in God's hand and let him revive it. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. I'm done preaching. God, God's speaking to somebody today. God wants to revive what you got left, sir. God wants to revive what you got left, ma'am. But you gotta bring it to him. You gotta bring it to him. I don't know how much time I got, but I'm gonna let you revive it. I don't know much strength I've got, but I'm gonna let you revive it. I don't know how much faith I've got, but I'm gonna let you revive it. I don't know how much of all these other things I've got, but I'm gonna let you revive it. Lift up your hands. I wanna open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on. You know what this altar is? It's the master's workshop. It's the master's workshop. And he's saying, let me rebuild you. Let me remake you. Let me change some things in your life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost. We, we, are, we are absolutely regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. That means he revives us. That means he rebuilds us. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want to welcome you down to this altar. We want to pray with you. We want God to rebuild your life. We want God to restore your life. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, that's it. Why don't you empty out your seat? Come on, I know you don't have much courage left, but take the courage you do have left and strengthen it. Take the faith you do have left and make your way to this altar. You may, you may feel like it's a the devil might be saying it's a waste of time, but it's not a waste of time. You might have fallen, but get your way to this altar and follow the rock. His name is Jesus, and he'll restore, and
1: he'll reveal.
0: Moving. Let God Holy Ghost is moving through this building. There's people that have been broken. There's people that have been busted. But God's coming by with his tools and he's repairing. God's looking for you. Come on. He's working. you got to just say, God, work on me. God, work on me. God, work on me. He's not done working on you. He's not done working on you. Come on, he's still working. He's still
1: working.
0: Worship the Lord all across this building. He's the restorer. Oh, there's nothing he can't fix. Nothing he can't fix. Let me speak to somebody for a moment. When I was in my early 20s, we went to a men's home, a, uh, a drug rehabilitation center. We started a Bible study. We started with two guys, a guy named Zab and, and another guy. And we kept going in five, six days a week preaching and teaching. And as we went in, all these men tattooed everywhere, just looking like. Just, they just got out of jail, prison, you name it, they've done it, they've been there. And they would be breaking. I'm talking about guys that are six foot seven breaking, praying, praying through to the Holy Ghost in a drug rehabilitation center. One of the first guys in there was Zab. He just he just had a hard life. He had done a lot of things wrong, done a lot of drugs, had a lot of problems and a lot of issues. and he'd sit there and just listen. And month after month, Zab wouldn't move. Finally, it was like, Zab, what's wrong? He said, God could never love me. If you only knew what I have done, how far I'd fallen, how messed up I have really been, you'd understand that that God could never love me. I said, Zab, you, you don't understand. He came to seek and save that which was lost. If you had everything together, you wouldn't need God. If you, were, if you were perfect, you wouldn't need to be rebuilt. If you had everything fixed, he wouldn't remodel you and repair you. But can I tell you, that service Zab, he said, you really think God loves me? I said, absolutely. Amen. While we were doing our best to be our worst, the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get good. He said, I'll come when you're bad. Zab had tears running down his face. Zab prayed through the Holy Ghost. He got out of the drug rehab center. We baptized him in Jesus' name. He joined the church. He started winning souls, teaching Bible studies. And you know what? Zab went back to the drug rehab center. But not the way they had designed. He went back this time with a little badge came back and said, I'm not here because I'm an alcoholic or a drug addict. I'm here to tell you what God can do. I'm here to, can I preach to somebody? You're not too far gone. You're not too low. You're not too dirty. God can still use you. God can still work on you. Lift your hands and let's pray. God can restore.